The second round is set. The Phoenix Suns know their opponent, and we have a rematch of the 2021 second round. On today's episode of Locked On Suns, we're breaking down Suns Nuggets. Let's go. You are Locked On Suns, your daily Phoenix Suns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Phoenix Suns. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Brendan Clean, a credentialed media member covering the Suns for the past six seasons, a writer at suns.com, and the host of the Just Basketball Show, wherever you get your podcast. Thank you for making Locked On Suns your first listen to get your day started here on this Thursday, Friday. Whenever you are listening, get preview coverage of Suns Nuggets. We're going to be here every single day, so hit follow or subscribe. If you have not already, if you're on YouTube, drop a comment down below with your prediction. For this series, we'll have a bonus episode Saturday, so get locked on to your favorite team throughout this whole second round. Become an everydayer. Listen every single Monday through Friday, plus those bonus episodes. Aaron Edwards is here, as he is every week, to close out the week. We have a little bit of a lull, but not a long enough one, Aaron, for me. We had a week to preview Suns Clippers, which I had very few thoughts about because neither team played its best players or had their best players. Now I have a lot of thoughts on this series. We only have like two days to talk about it, but that is what it is. The NBA playoffs have been good, so I'm not complaining. The draft is today, so I feel like you're. I'm, I'm bringing you back down to NBA world a little bit. Uh, <laughs> as you, like all these Arizona fans who are probably listening, get uh, amped up for the draft tonight. But um, let me start with this. I feel like we can't just ignore or even if it feels repetitive we have to start with Devin Booker in this series (laughs) I feel like this is going to be another dominant opportunity for him Um, he was maybe the best player Jimmy Butler has given him a little bit of a run for his money here uh, this week while Book hasn't even been playing but Book has been dominant on both ends of the floor and I don't think that's going to stop against Denver yeah I think I mean he's not going to can like not get any space anymore. Like the space is always going to be there. He's going to keep getting it. And Lou even said like he threw everything at him and book just didn't see those guys. Like they were throwing doubles and he didn't really care. And I just think Denver or the Clippers have just better defenders. Like they get physical. I think that was a really nice series to have first. And I've said that the last couple of years, I mean, even though last year we had a shaky one, I just think like getting a really physical team first kind of helps you in the long run. And I think just book doing that to a team that physical is just going to help for later on with weaker teams. My first impressions when, I mean, we always kind of knew this, this was where it was headed. The Suns just kind of had to take care of business. Um, but once I really started thinking about Denver, the two things were one, they're like, you just said, they're not going to be as athletic or physical or long defensively. They're not going to take up space the same way that basically everyone on the Clippers does. Even somehow it felt like Mason Plumlee was making a big impact, which to me is like Ty Lue just working magic and finding advantages and all that stuff. I thought, okay, Denver's not going to be able to do that. I also thought Denver is going to be allow the Suns bench to be a little bit more impactful. I'm not so sure on that. We'll get to that part. But as far as the defense goes, I mean, one good thing that will carry over in terms of kind of getting to rep stuff that we've already seen work for this team 
is the the Nuggets are going to play defense in the pick and roll stuff, kind of the same way that the Clippers did. Nikola Jokic is going to be either kind of at the level of the screen, trying to get the ball out of Book's hands, and that drop pass to Aiton will be there, or um, they'll be dropping Jokic down, which is what Zubats did a lot. And obviously we know the Suns, any of the guys who handle the ball for the Suns are capable of, of getting a pull-up jumper off of that. Um, Zach Lowe wrote a big thing about how they've kind of been messing with different stuff, but basically that's their two main packages and the Suns have answers for a lot of that stuff and like I just kind of look at it and Booker showed us like I remember last year coming off that Dallas series with the blitzes I was I was in a panic of if his handle was good enough at the very (laughs) highest levels I feel like he's shown us that he is especially when there is more space it is good enough and he's either going to be able to like I don't worry at all about making a pull-up mid-range jumper and when he wants to we know he can also make pull-up threes so I'm not really sure KCP doesn't freak me out maybe Bruce Brown I think Christian Brown those guys might be able to to body book in a way that makes him uncomfortable but I just look and I don't feel like the Nuggets have an answer really to even limit Booker outside of just getting the ball out of his hands yeah and I think they just have to commit to it. I think the Clippers, they played strong and like really physical defense, but whenever it came to doubling book, they never actually committed. It was kind of just like, oh, should we, should we not? And they were giving them a lot of space to be able to see the floor still, but that's because KD's out there. So yeah, you want to blitz them, you want to double them, but KD's an extra pass away wide open if he does find it. So I think that if the Nuggets want to commit to like doubling book. They're going to have to really blitz them and do it for real because the Clippers weren't exactly doing it. They weren't confidently doing it anyway. Yeah, they weren't. Um, They were kind of relying on, we're going to shut down Durant. We're not going to let him to even really get the ball, let alone get a, a comfortable shot off. And, you know, if that means we live with Booker, getting to the basket, getting into his mid-range, even facing a worse defender. Like, there were times when they would switch stuff or, you know, rotate around, and and they didn't even treat it as a panic if Gordon or Batum or someone ended up on book. It was like, let's keep the other stuff away, which we've seen. Like, the Bucks kind of did that in the finals two years ago. I think the big difference is book's just better. Like, he, he yeah. can... <laughs> make more shots off of that. He's going to find his teammates better. He's looking for his teammates. I talked a lot on the recap show of the the clinching game the other night that the word Chris used was creativity. Like that's kind of the development that he's seen from book is just even having kind of like the, the cockiness or imagination or whatever to try some of the stuff he's trying. I don't think he would have done that when Chris first got here coming off the bubble and everything, but let's also really quickly just talk through the differences from 2021, because I think that's part of what we're talking about already with book. Um, but to me, the biggest difference here, Aaron is I feel like that series was a Chris Paul series and kind of a ball movement series. And the, the sun's just using their base level stuff to just break the nuggets. The nuggets just didn't have the personnel, the size, the whatever to, to do anything. But if you look back at that series, Book was shooting less than 50% from the field, low assists, low free throws most of that series. He was good, but definitely was not at his best. It was Chris Paul against Nikola Jokic's defense and then moving the ball to attack guys like 
Michael Porter Jr., who were trying to be helpers, or Eric Aaron Gordon, who was trying to be a helper, and they just kind of ran ran out of answers. And then we know, you know, Suns in four and Jokic getting ejected and all that stuff. It became really frustrating for them. But it was not Booker carving them apart. That's that's going to be different because obviously we know the recipe for the Suns is not going to be put the ball in Chris Paul's hands and, and let him go to work in this series. Yeah, I I really want us to get into. I mean, I'm just going to keep harping back to it, like the physicality like i don't think they have that part but i want us to get into the other ball handler thing from the start like i know you got to get cb3 his touches and he's going to try to get eight his touches early and we're going to do the cb3 offense for a little bit but i want to get like to just be on the attack from the start and just see what denver's willing to do with book playing point and with him running the pick and roll with eight instead of chris paul early like not waiting till the second quarter or the third quarter to start doing it i want to see what Malone's move is going to be from the start. Yeah, Nikias Duncan, uh, who does the Dunker Spot podcast and a whole bunch of stuff, um, he was doing like a just initial thoughts after the games on Tuesday when we know the series was finally going to happen of what kind of matchup stuff and whatever was in his head. And he brought up an interesting idea of if Malone puts... Because we think like, okay, Michael Porter Jr., you can kind of exploit him if he's trying to help. But I think one big difference just to say off the top is like, he's a much better player. He's not going to be embarrassing, falling asleep, not able to make an impact. That was like yeah. a very much a wake up series for him. Yeah. Yeah. It's not going to be like that anymore. I mean, he's not an elite defender, but he's much more aware. And offensively, he's a real threat now where he can have the ball in his hands at times. He can catch and shoot and you have to get a contest out there and he's huge and that's hard and everything else. But he brought up the idea when the ball isn't in Chris's hands as the ball handler to have MPJ on him. And maybe even at times when the ball is in his hands as a ball handler, but especially because if you think back what the Clippers were doing, they were just ignoring him, right? That's why yeah. he was getting so many shots. And, and Nikias was basically like putting it out there on Twitter of like, if he's going to be in the corner, just spotting up, turn that against them, have Porter be quote unquote defending him, but then have him as a, as a possibility to come protect the rim or, or rotate or use his length to, to just get in the passing lanes, things like that. I thought that was kind of interesting. I think they will have to get creative and really exploit the, the guys on the Suns who aren't Booker and Durant, similar to what we did see from the Clippers, but I agree. They don't have quite the personnel to do it, obviously. But the other quick thing on that is one similarity with the Clippers yet again, because of Jokic and Zubats having things in common, they're not athletic, they're not, you know, uh, elite <laughs> switch guys or anything like that. Is I would guess we might see some Jokic on whoever the fifth guy is, Craig or Akogi. Um, I think a lot of Suns fans felt like that got the Suns out of their rhythm in the first round, but I also feel like it's kind of smart if they're going to guard, if you're going to put Nikola Jokic on 6'4 Josh Akogi, it makes sense to kind of use that. But I understand, too, like kind of what you're saying. We just saw for four games as the Suns won that series what works. So you don't want to just say let's attack some weakness just because it's there if you know a Booker ISO is going to get you two points a lot of the time. So I don't know what that balance will be. What do you think? Um, I, we talked about this in text. I think Akogi is going to start, and he puts a lot more pressure on the rim than Torrey Craig does. Torrey Craig shot the lights out, so like he really did his job for that series and what they asked him to do, and he was a big body, and he tried his best with, best with Kawhi, but it was just Kawhi. I think you kind of just have to go back to our original lineup now, and just you're going to have to just make Jokic work and attack him and put pressure on him. And Craig, he was 
he doesn't exactly attack the rim like you want for a center that's like that bad on defense. And I think Akogi, he's willing to put the ball on the floor and the players, KD, Book, they like when he does it. So I think having another player willing to attack the rim and get to the free throw line and attack Jokic is a pretty big deal. Yeah, and I think too, it's like, even if it, maybe gets them out of, of their normal offense to use somebody different than Aiton as a screener. And then it's like, okay, where's Aiton standing? Is he along the baseline in that dunker spot? It, it, what is he doing? Is it is it maybe two screens and Aiton and a Kogier? So like, it's going to be unnatural for them. But I think you're right, too, not just to try to exploit and be like, okay, we can score on Jokic, but it's also you can't just let him have an easy time standing in the corner while he's supposed to be defending, right? You got to make him tired. You have to make him think. You have to make him process all that stuff because he's going to be a machine on offense. If you can make him 5% less of a machine, that's a win. And the way you can do that is is to attack him. All right, let's go to how the Suns can guard the Nuggets. To me personally, that's how this series is going to be decided. I think we know a lot of what the Suns are going to be able to do, like we just talked about offensively. I don't know if the Nuggets have some grand plan to shut that down but it's a big question to me if the Suns can shut down what the Nuggets do either um, and so we'll talk about some of the options there next first today's show brought to you by eBay Motors for a championship team it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit perfect for a preview show today it's the same when it comes to your vehicle every part needs to fit just right so the next time you need parts and accessories head to eBay Motors with the eBay guaranteed fit you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or get your money back because just like in sports confidence is the name of the game when you shop on ebay motors and with over 122 million parts to choose from you'll be back in the game in no time after all it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed get the right parts the right fit and the right prices on ebaymotors.com let's ride ebay guaranteed fit only available to u.s customers eligible items only exclusions apply all right, coming back here, let's talk about the Suns defending the Nuggets. Again, I think that's going to be the biggest side of the ball in this one. Um, we'll get to the Akogi stuff in a minute. I'll, I'll just jump ahead to say I agree with you, Aaron. I think he should play, and I would bet a lot that he will start. I would actually be pretty disappointed if he didn't. I think it's pretty obvious to me, but we'll get to why in a moment. Big picture, though, and this is another area where I think it's different than defending Kawhi different than a lot of even like playoff matchups where you're trying so hard to say, okay, this is what their offense is. We're going to overplay this and that, and we're going to develop special coverages for this. Maybe we see some of that as the series progresses, but I think from the jump, you kind of just want to play Denver straight up, just contest, rotate well, and get a rebound when the, when they miss, like it, it's very basic, but they don't do anything crazy. It's just Jokic is so big, so smart, and they have these guys who play off of him and can shoot and handle the ball and everything else. It's like, just get in their way, get a good contest, and get the rebound. Yeah, I mean... Is that it's too not simple? Be the, I mean, <laughs> I no, feel like that's it. It's not, no, it's not going to be the same rim pressure that they had to deal with last series. I mean, Powell and Russ, they were... They're attacking. They're trying to bait you on the fouls. And I think we really – we give up a lot of layups in, um, I think, game four. But I think if we just want to do it that way and just play straight up, don't foul, maybe Aiton helps on drives on drives to the basket and tries to get blocks, but just is in the way, I think I'm willing for them to play straight up and just get rebounds and just push it. Like, we have a bunch of dudes that can 
push it after misses. And I think with Jokic, you just have to watch cutters when he has the ball at the top of the free throw line and stay on the ground. And you're pretty much going to be pretty fine on defense as long as you stay on the ground. Aiden plays him tough. He's strong. And he seems to only want to play strong when he's playing against Jokic. And I think he kind of takes that that matchup serious. So I think if Aiden is – well, like doesn't get in foul trouble and he keeps his feet on the ground. I think we can play them straight up and just run on misses. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's what it is because like you watch back, I don't know how many Suns fans were keeping up with Minnesota Denver. I watched maybe a, a game or two um, of that series and the Wolves just didn't really seem like they knew what they wanted to do. You know, like it's hard enough when Towns and Gobert are both out there, but you know, they're playing the Gobert and Murray two man game where Sometimes Gobert is almost like switching. Sometimes he's kind of out on the perimeter and they're burning him that way. Sometimes he's in a drop. It's like they don't really seem to have a, a great idea. They're they're doubling Jokic, which especially with their lack of size on the back end of that, it's like the ball moves once or twice and a guy's either getting a layup or, or an open three because they're just a small team outside of those two big men. The Suns are much more disciplined than that. They have better personnel than that. They have a Kogi to, to be a threat against Murray. They have KD who will be on that backside. But do you agree with me, like big picture on that though, Aaron, that this series is going to come down to kind of just who scores more points? Yeah, it's just going to be a, a one-on-one matchup and we're we're all going to score. Like the point, we're not going to lack in scoring. I think both teams are going to score pretty decently. Um, I think I said in our text that both our benches are pretty kind of not great. So I think that's going to be fine. I think it's going to be a lot of starter minutes for both teams and it's, it's going to be a long series. I think. I think so too. We'll make our predictions at the end. Um, But to get to Akogi here. So he only guarded Murray on 17 possessions in the regular season. The NBA has that stuff and that's not a lot, right? Um, I think, I think Jokic was one of three, on his shots they were all threes that doesn't tell me anything that tells me Murray was mostly off the ball and taking spot ups and whatever it, it doesn't and I think that mostly was probably in that Christmas game when Akogi was barely cracking into the rotation so it, may, it yeah. means even less to me um, but I think he's the guy that you have to be able to fight through screens because Murray's awesome at rejecting the screen he's awesome with Jokic, Jokic will flip the screen at the last second. You don't know which way Murray's going. Obviously, when they run like a regular dribble handoff just to get Murray downhill, you cannot get bumped and fought and, and stopped by Jokic's body on those. You have to be able to get downhill and contest with Murray, stay with him, all that stuff. Um, but I have one one thought on the Craig side of it that kind of interests me. I wonder what you think. I don't think this is a game one option. But if Craig is out there with the starters, I could see them switching. Where Craig maybe could be a guy who you can at least trust late in the clock or here and there for spurts in the post against Jokic. And then Aiton is on Murray, which isn't ideal, but we know Aiton can do that. Um, does that feel like something that they, that they would try? They really haven't switched much at all, even since getting Durant, even though we all thought they might do that more. Yeah, I can see us switching up and doing that pretty a lot more often this series. I think the op, you're, you can be pretty fine with Aiton uh, switching, especially with KD kind of switching to a rim protector role when he's out there. 
So I think you get a lot more stuff you can do on defense switching wise when you have another dude, a seven footer that can move and kind of help you out on the back end a lot more. Yeah, I think I think maybe if if it's like very clear that a Kogi is struggling or if he's missing his threes and Craig's making his threes, if Craig is out there, it's not it's not great for him to be chasing Murray off screens. I guess Book is another option on that, but that sounds like a bad recipe to tire him out. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that just honestly solidifies why why Akogi is so important is he's kind of the only guy on this team who can do that. That's the that's the the reason the minute that Katie was traded for and and Bridges was gone. That's why we all like zeroed in on Akogi being so important, and it's still why he's important to this team. Um, this is interesting to me. Uh, they were really good at not turning the ball over the Nuggets in the first round, but they were bottom 10 in turnover percent in the regular season. So, you know, they, any team that like passes a lot is going to end up that way, even though obviously that's still the best thing for their offense. But I also like Akogi being able to create turnovers. And that's another reason I think you would want him out there is if the ball does get moving, he's the most likely guy to get in the lanes. I mean, book, I guess too now, because he was doing a lot of that in the first round, but I think if you can, again, like you were saying, the, the pace and everything I think you mentioned, that's another way to do it is to have a Kogi blow some stuff up and just get some cheap, easy points that way. Yeah, and Minnesota was out their best defensive player too. So it was they weren't exactly playing wow, with like the anchor. Shots at Rudy Gobert. <laughs> you, know, you know what I meant. But <laughs> yes, I think that they didn't have. I agree with have... you. I'm just saying like, he's just catching a stray right now. <laughs> they didn't have like their wing that can – that gets tips and closes up uh passing lanes and all that like so i think we are we're probably we're like we're kind of clicking on defense now and everybody kind of knows their role even when it's a different lineup i think craig knows what he's supposed to do when he's out there and i think that akogi definitely knows what he's going to do when he's out there and i can just see him just leaning on murray and just kind of just wearing him out and at the same time, whoever guards him, he's not going to exactly let them off the hook, too. And I think for your fifth guy, you kind of need that. So my final kind of predictions on this is, again, Akogi starting. So him on Murray, eight on Jokic, that's that's obvious. Um, I think CP3 will probably be on, on Caldwell Pope. I feel like Booker ends up on Porter Jr., which isn't ideal. But the reason for that is um, I think you want Durant on Gordon because – that allows he's the Gordon's the number one, the most likely guy to try to help off of. And again, with Durant being able to be a helper, I think that's what you want to try to do. Um, but I do think like this, the, the nuggets know that they're not dumb. They know that Gordon's the weakest shooter. They know teams are going to do it that way. So he's a great cutter, like you mentioned with the cutting. Um, and they're going to put him, you know, on the wing or at the top of the key instead of on in the corner because the corner is the easiest place to help from. Okay, again, they know that. So there's not an easy answer. Like I said, that's why I think this side of the ball is going to be the most important. That doesn't even mention, like I said, book guarding Porter is not ideal. He's like six inches taller than book and is a real bit, really big offensive threat these days. And you have to contest book, you know, even six, five with decent wingspan. Like he's not really going to get a hand in Porter's face. If, if Porter starts cutting, we know Book is susceptible to some of that. So I think that's the best that they can do. I, I think, yeah, being aware of cutting 
rotating intelligently, not trying to send too much help at Jokic. He's not going to be a scorer unless he needs to be. We know that. So that's uh, a thing that, you know, Nuggets fans know, but it's also, it is sometimes a problem. We saw him in that series two years ago start to be more of a scorer, but it still wasn't enough. There's other guys now to make the Suns pay, but I don't think you want to treat, that's why I was saying it's different than Kawhi too, is like, with the Clippers, it was like, okay, you can double Kawhi. You can send early, like, Aiton come up to stop him on a drive way sooner because it's like, yeah, a dump off to Zubat sucks, but way better than Kawhi getting off. So, <laughs> you know, that's different with Jokic. He's not going to be a guy that's looking for his own shot and you're le- you're letting him get those passes off. The pass is the, the threat with him. So it'll be different. Um, but I think if the Suns can find some answers and score in the 120s and 130s like they have been, uh, that'll give them a pretty good shot. All right, let's talk about some of the smaller stuff. We haven't talked much about Durant. What role is he going to play in this series? Aaron mentioned the benches. We'll get into that in more depth. I'll give you an update on who the Nuggets have been playing, who they're expected to play in case you missed that, and then some of the possession game stuff that's really important for the Suns, as it always has been. We'll get into that next. First today's show, guys, brought to you by Ibotta. Watching your closet grow after purchasing all of these season's trends, or honestly, if you live in Arizona, it's getting hot and all the stores know that and they're trying to tempt you. Well, you can earn cash back on every shopping trip that you make. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods. Either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and get your cash back. It's that easy. The average Ibotta user earns $120 per year in real cash back. That can cover the entire cost of a shopping trip. Typical basket of groceries is over $50 more expensive at the end of 2022 than the beginning of the year due to inflation, and you could earn two and a half times that in cash back from Ibotta. You earn it back either in cash or in gift cards. Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, more. They give you real cash back, not points or loyalty discounts or anything like that. It can go right into your PayPal account or the gift cards, as I mentioned. Right now, Ibotta is offering listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta by using the code LOCKED when you register. Just go to the App Store, Google Play Store, download the free Ibotta app, and use the code LOCKED when you sign up. That's I-B-O-T-T-A, Ibotta, in the Google Play or App Store, and use the code LOCKED at sign up. All right, Aaron, we'll make our predictions here in just a second. A few quick things to dive through, look through, sift through here. Um, let's talk about Kevin Durant. The number one thing that jumps out to me with him is I know coming off of that game five, he went nine minutes without taking a shot in the fourth quarter while the Clippers were making a run. That was ugly, but let me ask you this off the top before I, I make my observation. Um, do you buy into that whole narrative about him as a generally as a player throughout his career that he kind of allows himself to to get kind of cast off to the side and marginalized during during stuff like that or do you feel like it's more like the sun's messed up not getting him involved which side of that do you fall on um i think we saw it in game two like sometimes i think he just gets so caught in the flow of the game that he forgets to be kd sometimes (laughs) and with Kyrie, I don't think he like allowed it to happen that much because with Kyrie, you can legit just get lost in it and end up not touching the ball for a while. But in this, it's book is open and people aren't like leaving him. So it's not exactly like he's falling apart. Like we were getting good shots while he's not taking over, but I still would rather him have the ball in, in his hands. And I think I said this last week, it just puts a different kind of pressure on the defense, whether uh rather than having Chris Ball just 
kind of run his stuff when the game's getting tight. It works. I know that. And when Chris Paul is hitting, like it looks really good. But I think the pressure that having KD with the ball in his hands in tight situations is just a lot different on what your defensive scheme is. So I would sometimes I do believe that, though, like that game six and seven against the Warriors in 2015. I think he kind of just left the game and just let Russ kind of take over. And yeah. The last couple of games here in that series with Boston last year, I just think sometimes he does just get lost in games. And sometimes he just has to be like, give me the ball. Like he did in game two when Chris Paul was kind of just trying to take over. He was like, no, not anymore. No more of this. <laughs> give me the rock. And I think sometimes he needs to do that a lot more. We should have done that sooner. I think that was a conversation <laughs> that I didn't hit on coming off of game five a ton because I don't think it's a huge problem it sounds like you are mostly on that side of it and i think we're in agreement that um they're they were getting decent enough offense for the most part that it's not that big of a deal and like i think people lost too like chris paul hit two catch and shoot threes during that stretch when when kd didn't score so that was again book creating for for teammates they Obviously, there was a Landry Shamit miss. There was a Landry Shamit <laughs> missed catch in transition. We all know uh, that happened, so that didn't help either, and that shouldn't have happened. That was a weird spot to put Shamit in. That's the only mention. I'm not going in on Monty for it. They won the game, but that did happen, so that made things worse. But I think the other part of it that maybe people don't necessarily think about is it's really hard when the defense is selling out like that to, to take away the Stars to have Aiton on the court, and this is not a knock on him. It's just the reality of playing with a center who doesn't shoot. A lot of teams do it. I'm not saying the Suns are unique or Aiton is unique, but that's what happens. If he's going to be on the court and you're not going to involve him, then you're just you're just choosing to clog the, the floor. You're just make, you're just saying you're going to let the defender stand there, right? If, he, if he's in the yeah. dunker spot or if he's at, around the free throw line, or they obviously don't post him up, but you know, if, if another team that has a post-up center posts that guy up, you're just making the defense's life easier. So some of those plays where Booker's having to make that cross-court pass to Durant, and we're like, why are we making it so hard for Durant to get the ball that Book has to make a superhero pass just for Durant <laughs> to get a shot off? It's like, well, that's because they're running a screen and roll with Aiton, which then makes the Durant's defender have to help, and Book can make that pass, and that's actually a pretty good way to use Durant, even if it feels super complicated. So that's another part of why I don't hate it. But I think in this series, it's going to be different. And the observation I was going to make with KD is, to me, this is a much better series for ISOs for Durant because the Clippers were like, absolutely not. You are not getting <laughs> elbow, quickie little Dirk ISO post-up. That's not going to happen. We're going to send Zubats on you immediately. We're going to swipe at the ball. We're going to do this and that. And honestly, like part of the other reason I wasn't that frustrated by KD not having the ball in his hands is it felt like the dude couldn't dribble in that series because Russ and Terrence Mann and everybody else was disrupting the ball. They were he was bobbling it. He was you know missing catches or whatever. Not every time, but enough where it's like I I can see wanting to get away from that. In this series, as we keep repeating, Denver doesn't have the personnel to do any of that stuff as aggressively and as effectively. So I could see a lot of Durant isos when the game slows down, maybe late in games, if they need to get a couple easy buckets when they're, uh, the Nuggets get on a run, whatever it is, I think that's going to be right there for the Suns in a way that it wasn't against the Clippers. Yeah, I think if Malone is willing to like get weird and like 
just take away Kate, uh, KD's space like uh, Ty Lue was willing to and put a smaller dude on him even. Like, if he wants to, like, do something weird, like put KCP yeah. on KD and just annoy him like Terrence Mann did and just have Gordon guard uh, Book and just, like, and just be big and just be annoying and do it that way, I can see that kind of frustrating the Suns a little bit and kind of putting a little bit of heat on, like, their rotations a little bit. But yeah, I don't think KD's just going to allow himself to be in the corner for a series like this because I don't think Milan is going to do that. And you know, like his beef with Kerr, like sooner or later, he's going to say something about having to run offense the entire the entire game. Like he's mm-hmm. he likes just being a hooper sometimes. And that was his beef with Kerr is like, I'm not running this motion offense the entire game. I'm KD, just get out of the way sometimes. And yeah. that's going to come up a couple of times in these playoffs, I think, especially in a tough series like this. He's going to be like, give me the ball. We're not running any of this stuff. Just give me the rock and let me just go against whoever's in front of me. I think that's a, a great way to put it. So let's talk about the benches. Um, Harrison Wind, who covers the Nuggets for DNVR, I read his kind of recap of game five in that series and just looking forward. They basically played the two Browns. They're spelled different. They don't look the same, but those two guys and Jeff Green, um, I guess that's all three colors, which is also weird. But those are the three guys <laughs> who are going to be on Denver's bench. They, they're not playing Ish Smith. They're not playing uh, Zeke Naji, any of those guys that you might have heard of. It's those three. And he said, uh, Harrison Wynn said, that's what he thinks will be the, the bench again in this round. Um, so uh, let me hear what you think. But I feel like the Suns are going to stick with Biombo. Yeah. I think they're going to match Aiton's minutes with Jokic. Let me just say that first. He was at 37 minutes per game in round one. He's not one of these superstars who plays 45 because that's hard to do as a big man. So I think Aiton can easily play 37. Even if it needs to be 38, 39, I feel like you you just keep Aiton on the court. Monty does some weird stuff sometimes, maybe not, but that would be, at least let me just say, that's what I'm operating under the assumption of. So to me, Biombo is just when Aiton's off the court, which is like 10 minutes, 12 minutes, eight minutes at that point. Um, Craig will play, obviously, if he's not starting. And after that, I I don't necessarily know, but I would imagine, I think this might be a Landry Shamit series more than a campaign series. Uh, and I don't know if Suns fans agree with me or like to hear that. You might be able <laughs> to get away They definitely don't with, like it. <laughs> you might be able to get away with I keep thinking TJ Warren makes sense, but clearly that's just, I'm, you know, I got to let that go. Um, Terrence Ross is a question. The reason I say all this with Payne and with Ross and with, I think, War, why I think Warren might make sense, why I think Shamit might make sense, those three guys off that Denver bench are big. And Bruce Brown handles the ball. He's not a great shooter. He's not a great creator, but he's good enough. He will power through you to drive to the basket. Christian Brown on some spot-ups He's not a great ball handler because he's a rookie and that's not his role. So maybe you can re- you could put Payne on him or Ross on him and you're not super worried. But he, they're both physical players. Jeff Green's obviously big. He's not a guard, so he's not really going to factor. And that would be maybe what Craig guards or Duran if he's out there or Kogi if he's out there or whatever. Um, I know it feels weird to be worried about the Nuggets bench because it's not a strength of their team. But I could see pain trying to guard Bruce Brown for a few minutes in one of these games and the Nuggets go on a run and that can be the difference in a game so I I do feel like pain being small if you think back in 2021 they were playing like Austin Rivers Compazzo 
like these guys. And yeah. <laughs> that's why Payne could survive. It's going to be different this time. They have a lot better size right now than they did in that series. Yeah, I think that, I mean, Book or KD is going to be on the floor at all times. So I think we're still going to be fairly to decently big with the bench out there, especially if money is just finally willing to go to war. <laughs> I think the size won't be that much of a factor because, yeah, we're going to have Biombo or Biombo KD or Biombo Book or we could go Biombo, KD, like Warren, like we're always going to have a decent amount of size and physicality out there. So I think campaign being out there can still kind of hold his own with that many, with that much size out there. But yeah, it's going to be tough, especially coming from injury to have campaign like bang for like a little bit with dudes that big. Yeah. And you think obviously too, that's only three bench guys. So there's obviously always going to be two nugget starters out there too. Um, you know, that could be Murray who pain, I guess you could try that or Porter jr. Who makes him even bigger Gordon, who makes him even bigger KCP, who you maybe could put paint on him, but he runs two man stuff with their bigs often too. Like they don't have a lot of hiding spots because everybody gets involved and nobody on this, in this rotation right now is shorter than like six, four, six, five. So pain being not only small, but pretty thin and 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 whatnot too it like we saw with luca nobody in this series is luca but like that's what you worry about is that he's just going to get knocked over and foul and all that stuff so i don't know uh we'll see monty didn't seem too eager to get him back in there in the clippers series i don't know if that was an injury thing or what um all right i last thing on the benches i feel like this could be a durant at center series because again jeff green is basically their backup center I think Durant in the bench lineups playing the five instead of Biombo could be something we see. Maybe that's how you get to 48 if Aiton doesn't play a ton. Uh, like I'm thinking, pace, the Suns' offensive pace was almost a second faster than Denver's in the first round. I think the Suns should keep running. Um, and then the boards. Uh, the Suns had a 30% offensive rebound rate in the first round. The Nuggets were at 27.5. So if I'm the Suns, I keep trying to hit the boards with the Kogi, with Craig, with Aiton even Chris Paul, who got that magic one at the end of game four, uh, all that stuff they should keep trying to do just to win the possession game and get any advantage that you can. All right, predictions. We waited. We did too long of a show, people, to even catch our predictions. Maybe we'll have to post them on Twitter, too, because people have tuned out by now, but that's all right. Um, what's your prediction? Suns, Nuggets, how many games? What you got? I think it's going seven, and it could go either way, but, of course, we're just going to say seven. I think a game in Denver is going to be tough. <laughs> Um, a game seven in Denver is going to be tough, but I think I've been harping on this for years now, bucket getters, and we have two of the best to ever do it. <laughs> so I'm always going to side with that part of it. We got them for a reason. And in a game seven, I think bucket winner, bucket getters always win. Yeah. That the way you put it at the very beginning of that is exactly the way, <laughs> the way that I'm thinking about it. I'm like, <laughs> it, realistically, I, I think it's going to be a long series I feel like seven feels right, and I'm not going to sit here and pick the team that everyone <laughs> listening wants to lose just to be a jerk. So I'm going to go ahead and go Suns and seven as well. Um, but I don't know. I it I think it's going to be a fun series, but it's going to be a clash of styles, and so I could see some weird games in here, especially because the Suns tend to play weird games lately. But either way, should be fun. Weird to have also weird is not having the first two games at home. That's never happened. So I'm sure a lot of you already have plans for game one Saturday, which is cool. People can hang out. Um, tell me where you're watching. Maybe I'll show up everybody. Um, 
But yeah, let's uh, let's have some fun this series. Let's keep it tame. Let's not have people showing up at Denver's arena going crazy again, as much fun <laughs> as that was, because then he tried to get rich off all that and it got annoying. So let's cut that out. <laughs> um, and that'll wrap us up. Everydayers, we'll be back tomorrow with a crossover with the Locked On Nuggets guys. We'll do another deep dive into this series with more of their side of things. And then a recap of game one coming Saturday whenever uh, I get home and get it done. <laughs> all right. Listen to Locked On Sports today. In the meantime, that show is available on all podcast platforms. And I'll talk to you guys tomorrow.